this morning um, started two weeks dealing with order. Talked about the holiness of God, then we talked about the impact of worldliness, and um, then Kairos came, and those two Sundays, I talked a little bit about order last week. So we're, we're back in, I'm calling it week three, technically it's like week five, but we had Kairos in there. And this morning, I just want to say, everybody, just, we don't have time to play around. It's 2024, we can't waste one Sunday, and this is how I approach it. There's no throwaways. It's 2024, and we can all feel the pressure is building. Foolishness, ungodliness, depravity of man is everywhere. The spread of evil right now is crazy. What is being normalized is insanely Sodom and Gomorrahly evil. Perversion is not only being normalized, but glorified and celebrated. And in that atmosphere, men and women of God who are spiritual leaders have got to stand up and do what I'm about to do my best to do, and that is to declare the word of the Lord over the Lord's people. And so I want to begin, and I've, I've got a lot of scripture, and this is one of those, you're probably going to have to listen to it a couple times or take notes, take pictures, and you'll probably have to break it down and study it some this week. But it's a, it's a powerful teaching, and so I'm sorry, not sorry, that I got a lot of scriptures for you, all right? Tell, you, tell somebody next to you, Pastor Chuck, sorry, but not really. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, you know, let me, let me pray. Lord, as we turn the corner now, we're into this place where everything we've done is set up to receive your word. We've worshiped you. We've welcomed new people. We've celebrated the fact that you're adding to your church, and we've honored you in the giving of our tithes and offerings. We've said thank you. And now we come, Lord, for this part where you shape us by your word. And I pray, Lord, that your word, it's anoint, anoint us, anoint me to preach it. And I pray you do that thing that I see you do every week. I come up here and I go, all I've got is five loaves and two fish. And, you, and, then, and then it's more than enough because you bless it. It's your word. I stand up here and start reading the scripture. And there is a thought I've never thought of or didn't study or right now. It's not, and you'll give it to me. And I know it's you speaking to your people. And so we just get in the flow of that, hallelujah, right now, Lord, that you would speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read a lot of scriptures, but we're going somewhere. It's going to be pretty simple, but you'll need to process it, and let it marinate, and digest it this week. Paul says this, as for you, you were dead. I like to stop right there. You were dead. When you came to Christ, you didn't get a better life. You got a life. Amen? Come on, amen? You, you, you didn't get better or an addition. You didn't get the deluxe model. You were resurrected is what you were. You were a sinful mess. A hot mess is what you were. Amen? Y'all ain't feeling that, but that's the truth. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you, and we're going to see three things, the world, the devil, and the flesh. You followed the ways of this world and 
the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit, Satan, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And thirdly, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So we see in verse 2, the world, when you follow the ways of this world. These are our three adversaries, and we're hemmed in. It's a, it's, it, we're overmatched. And verse 2, we see Satan, the ruler, the Bible says, of the kingdom of the air. And then we see the flesh, our part. Verse 3, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. There are many scriptures we could go and identify. What makes Christianity hard? The devil, the spirit of the world, which we talked about week two. Worldliness. You can't love the world or the things up in the world and love God. It's like trying to pour water into a basketball. It, it'll go around the circumference, but you can't get it. If you love the world, you can't receive the love of the Father. And the love of the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so these are our three formidable foes that, that are stacked up against us. And we see it again in J, um, James chapter 3, when there's a contrast between real wisdom, biblical wisdom, and then the intellect or the foolishness of man. And verse 15 says this, and in the NIV it says, quote, wisdom, like it's not really wisdom, but this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is, and here we see it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. It's earthly, it's, it's of this world. And we know how do we defeat, the, we're in the world, but we're not of it. It's easy to not be in the world and not be of it. It's hard to be in it and not of it. But that's our call. Our call isn't to build a monastery and not be in the world and not be of it. It's to be in it, salt, effective. So we see here in verse 15, it's earthly, sensual. How do we deal with, there's the flesh. How do we deal with that? You don't counsel it. You don't get it, negotiate with it. Um, it's no self-improvement in dealing with your flesh. You got to crucify it. Can I get a witness? Somebody say Amen. You can't play friendly with your flesh because in your flesh there is no good thing. And then lastly, um, we see the demonic in this verse, Satan. And there are a lot of Flip Wilson Christians that they run around giving the devil way too much credit. And anybody even remember Flip Wilson? He was reincarnated, looked just like Tony Dorsett, if you remember. And he used to run around. He was a comedian who made... Millions talking about the fact that the devil made me do it. And that was his whole shtick. And we give the devil way too much credit. But how do you deal with the devil? Ephesians 6. Spiritual warfare. It's a real deal. And I don't mean to make light of it. You deal with it by, with, by putting on the full armor of God. So um, when we start talking about dealing with the devil, I just I want to encourage everybody. I respect spiritual warfare. We have a whole class, and it's filled up. And I hear from people all the time about how it changed their life. But we need to stop giving the devil the credit when we should put the blame on ourselves. Like, if you don't change the oil in your car for three years, and your engine throws a rod, and you got to replace the engine, how many of you know that's not spiritual warfare? It's irresponsibility. If you don't ever brush your teeth 
and you've got bad breath and the germs that cause bad breath, and you're losing all kinds of friends, you're not dealing with a spirit of rejection. Amen. <laughs> you're dealing with a spirit of offense. You are offensive, and your breath is intolerable. And so you don't have any friends. But this is how we look at these things. So don't call everything that you're dealing with an attack from the enemy. Amen? We're laughing, but it's true. And people do it all the time. That was a simplified illustration, but people do it all the time. And so just to back up, we're dealing with order. Week one, it all starts with a revelation of the holiness of God. Everything flows out of it. respect for his word, love for Jesus. Everything that you're going to need flows out of realizing what an awesome father you have. Week number two, as I said, we dealt with the spirit of the world, worldliness. And that we've got to recognize the flow. It's like we're in a tub, a big drain has been let out, and it's being sucked sucked out of there and we're in there and only by the grace of God do we not get sucked into eternal separation from the Father and so when we talk about order holiness of God recognizing the matrix of the world that the world system is not only taking me away from God it's anti-God it hates God and now thirdly we're going to deal with the flesh. And the name of this sermon today is The Struggle is Real. And I would say to you, you need to get this revelation that I got in my mid-20s. I have met the enemy, and he is me. Before we talk about order and the other things that where we're going on this series in marriage, family, fitness, before we start talking to you about honoring God by taking care of his temple that he's loaned you, before we start talking about your finances and getting all that stuff in order, you've got to come to understand the order of your flesh, how to deal with it. So, let's take a look at a couple more verses. James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are, look at this, they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Now everybody listen, God doesn't tempt you, nor has he ever been tempted. I preached this one time and a man said, well, God tempted Abraham. No, he didn't. The Bible says he tested Abraham. And the difference between temptation and a test, when God tests you, it means he's getting ready to promote you. And we could talk a lot about how, what that looks like. But when Satan tempts you, it's not to get promoted. And it, it's, it's the only way you can get promoted is when you realize there's a magnet of evil in me that's drawn to that. I want something that is evil. And that revelation can, can make you wiser. But Satan tempts you not to promote you, but to destroy you, to heap more shame and guilt on you. 
And y'all tracking with me, everybody? A lot of teaching this morning. But I want you to see this, how, how James says it. They're not tempted, but they are dragged away, dragged. And that's a good picture. And some of you have dealt with fleshly temptation. And that's what it feels like. Somebody grabbed you by the collar. You don't want to do it. You don't want to be found in that battle of, what do I do? And it's, you're, you're dragged away by your own evil desire. Kathy Cartoon, years ago, was all about her losing weight. She like lost the same 10 pounds 500 times. And um, I'll never forget one. I was a youth pastor. Mark, you remember this. I used to teach this on the road. And um, there was one, the first frame said, she was like, I'm going to go by the grocery store, but I'm not going to go in. She got to the grocery store and she said, I'm going to go in the parking lot, but I'm not going to go. There's nothing sinful about going into the parking lot of the grocery store. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Amen. But she went into the parking lot and she started thinking about those Hershey's chocolate bar on that candy aisle. And she said, I just want to see one. She said, I'm going to go into the grocery store, but I'm not even going to go down that aisle. I'm going to look at them from the edge of the aisle. There's nothing sinful. You know where the story's going. I'm going to walk down that. I'm going to look at them, but I'm not going to touch it. Then she goes, I'm going to touch. There's nothing. If I can just touch it, that will get my, I'll feel better about myself. She touched it, and then she smelled it, and she's like, I'm going to open it up. But I'm not, I'm going to smell it. And you know where it's going. And then next thing you know, what's she doing? She's eating it. And that's not spiritual warfare. And what's that look like for us? You struggle with pornography and you have a TikTok account, you know, or Instagram. And when you hit, and it knows, the algorithm, it's set. It's a world that's set against you. It's a setup. It's a trap. And you got to go, I'm going to open up TikTok, but I'm going to resist all the lustful sexual no, you're not. There, you want that. This is the thing we don't understand about the world and about the flesh. And Satan. Satan in the world will gladly give us what we want. We want, that's who we are. We want that. Now I know we've been regenerated and we, we're partakers of the divine nature. But if you don't learn how to control the flesh, that's what Paul in Romans 6 says. That's, that's why it's a war. You've got a nature and a flesh that you're going to have to deal with till you get to heaven. That's one of the reasons to be excited about getting to heaven, right? The flesh finally gives up. But don't underestimate the world. Don't under, why do the wicked prosper? Because Satan has said, they're no threat to my kingdom. Their flesh, they're on a path of self-destruction. They're destroying. Why does Satan leave the people alone in your cul-de-sac that have frat parties and they're 71 years old? Because they're in a, on a path of self-destruction. He wants to remain incognito. But you and your children get beat up by this world. Your marriage struggles. Why is that? Because there's a war going on, and you're having to learn to deal with the flesh. Paul talks about, look what it says in Romans 7. 
This is where sorry, not sorry. But look, Paul says, I, I do not understand what I do. Anybody, you're like, I don't understand what my husband does. How many would say, there t- I don't understand what I do. Raise your hand if you've ever felt this. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it. But it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I mean, we could unpack. This could be the whole series. For I have the desire to do good, but I cannot carry it out. I, I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Law, law, law. Like gravity. There are spiritual laws and principles of God are the only thing that can save you from principles of God. Not white knuckling it. Self-discipline. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I love him. I love his word. I read it and it ministers to me. But I see another law at work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind. and Making me a prisoner of the law of sin. Law, law, law. At work within me. Verse 24, what a wretched man I am, St. Paul, the apostle. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Question mark. Thank God for verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you can read that and go, that's awesome. Let's stop there and we'll pick up tomorrow. But The next verse was not in a separate chapter. It was in the same letter when it was originally written. We broke it down so we could reference something and everybody could turn and be in the same verse. And verse 1, how many of you thank God for Romans 8? Like the most heartbreaking, incriminating chapter in all of God's Word is right up against the greatest freeing, spiritually rich, we are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. How many of you are thankful Romans 8 is coming right after Romans 7? Now, Paul says, remember, it's the same thought. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, law, law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Put your finger on verse 3. What he's saying is hearing the Old Testament law, do this, do this, only made it worse. Your flesh said do just the opposite. And God's saying what the law couldn't do, and you couldn't do, God did By becoming a man of flesh too. Y'all out there? In order, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. 
who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. And this, this is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. We, we don't wage war like the world does. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. And so we take captive every thought in this war. And this is what Paul, it's the same thing. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So a person that's walking in the Spirit, and we're going to break that down in a second, that person says, I can't handle TikTok, deletes the app and the account. The person walking in the flesh is like Kathy. I can handle the grocery store. One who lives according to the flesh has a different playlist than the one who lives according to the Spirit. It's a good opportunity for somebody to say amen. That's not legalistic. You're feeding either the flesh or the Spirit, the good dog or the bad dog, and whichever one you feed is going to grow up and going to kill the other one. I wish somebody would say amen. Just say it for the person beside you because they're afraid to say it. They're under conviction already. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. But it doesn't feel like it because you want those things your flesh wants. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. You've quoted this verse Many don't know the context of it. Verse 11, look at this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, how many of you know that spirit does dwell in me and God confirms it in other places in his word? So all that war and that wretched man that I am, well, you've never been as bad as Jesus was when he was dead. And that spirit is the one that's in you. And look, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal, mortal or fleshly body through his spirit who dwells in you. And he goes on in this chapter, and I don't have time to unpack it, but you know it. He says, when you don't know how to pray, he's given you the Holy Spirit. That when you, you'll have groanings, you can't even speak English, and the Holy Spirit will just cry out. And say, Abba, Father, and remind you who your Father is. And in that reminding of who He is, He will remind you of your identity. He goes on and says, all of creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And come out of this war from within. The struggle is real, but so is the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And he goes on and he builds to this amazing crescendo. And he says, you are more than a conqueror. What's more than a conqueror? It's like a basketball team, a girls basketball team locally who was written up international, uh, across the nation because they won a basketball game. It was like 127 to four. That's more than a conqueror. That's like, you're more than that. 
And he says, we are more than conquerors. And then he goes on and says, nothing will separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know he mentions height, death, nothing. Life, death, angels, demons, nothing will be able to separate us from the love. So the struggle is real. But I got to deal with my flesh. And those who walk according to the flesh, what do you think the percentage is? It's a majority. More Christians in our country walk in the flesh than those who walk in the spirit. You don't have to say, man, it's true. I'm a pastor and I know. I deal with them. Every, every, all the tension in your life is due to either the measure you're walking in the spirit or people you're associated with are walking in the spirit. All the tension in your life. The spiritual battles that we go through when, you, when you're full of the Spirit, you understand, God's testing me. This is an opportunity. It's a setup for promotion. Y'all out there? And, and, and so, so what do we do? I want to point you, my last passage of Scripture before my next last passage is Galatians. I, I, I just, I said that, but I have one more after this, but it's only one verse. Y'all know Galatians chapter 5 is the famous chapter where Paul talks about life in the Spirit. And he's talking, everybody look here before you go there. And I know most of you know this, but I want to speak to the lowest denominator, common denominator. You know, the eighth grader that doesn't know the word like you do. And the new believer who doesn't own a Bible. You know, Paul is saying to the Galatians, y'all started out in grace. Being fueled by the spirit. But now you're white knuckling it, gritting your teeth, trying to do this in your own strength. Serve the Lord without a relationship with him. Do the right things without intimacy, being fueled by his spirit. And he says to him, who has bewitched you? Who's put a spell on you to think you can do this in your own strength? And then he says, your very best effort of walking in the flesh is going to produce destructive stuff. And he, he juxtaposes these two in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Galatians 5. So look what he says, verse 16 and 17 in the NIV. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And then I've, I've gone to the message because it's so much more, it's got street cred and it will help you understand it. So it, now Paul lists, walking in the spirit, I mean in the flesh, this is the fruit of walking in the flesh. And you know next, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But before that he says, look what it says, verse 19, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Being selfish, walking in the flesh. And that's what the flesh does. It wants it to be taken care of. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, Cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, 
a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. And Paul says, I could go on. How many know that's enough? How many of you read this list and go, Pastor just give me full of spirit right now. I need it right now. <laughs> Seriously. But this is, and he could go, this isn't an exhaustive list. So dealing with the flesh, what do we do? And I'm going to, I don't have a whole bunch of points, but I, I want to mention them. So everybody look right here. So we understand what we're talking about, right? We deal with the devil. Armor of God, spiritual warfare. Most of us don't ever deal with the devil. We deal with a, a demon or most of us have let our flesh give the devil a foothold, quite honestly. And we're, we've given place to the enemy. And the Bible talks about that. That's why Paul says, make no provision for the flesh. Tell it to shut up, crucify it, kill it. It will get resurrected. It will try to negotiate. But do not make any provision. But the devil, the world, and the flesh. Now, how do we deal with it? Number, there's five things. Number one, you need to recognize it. I don't know how many churches, and I don't know how long the average Christian would say it's been since they've heard a sermon, a teaching from the Bible on dealing with the flesh. But So recognize that. That you have a flesh, a natural desire. And stop justifying it. Stop saying, that's just the way I am. That's how I was raised. Recognize it for what it is. It's deadly. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. Don't, don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes, Paul said to the Corinthians. Recognize. Number two, crucify it. Learn to deal with those natural urges that cause you to be dragged away. Treat it like COVID or treat it like Dr. Fauci said to treat COVID. Treat it like the plague. Treat it like bad breath, the enemy that it is. Don't play around with it. Don't justify it. Crucify it. Take up your cross. Identify with Jesus. Let God take your life so that you can get it back again. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he who gives it away and identifies with the cross and killing their flesh, they get their life. Come on, somebody. Y'all out there. Number three, surrender. Just come to a place of surrender. And I've heard people ask me all the time, how do you surrender? And I say, you probably haven't. You haven't been brought to that point. There's a vision warriors, Kirk. Um, Driscoll, who runs the recovery program. And many of those men are in our church and have been. We baptized dozens of them. But everybody look here. They, they won't take someone and they interview them. They won't take them until they're at that point of, they're broken to the point of, I'm ready to surrender. How many of you remember when you got to that point? You're like, God, I don't care. You can send me to Africa. I don't care. My way just stinks. And I could use other words that would not be as clean or polite. But are y'all out there? You, your life, you came, you were at the 
bottom. You were like the prodigal. The pig slop started looking good. You come to a point where you say, I surrender. And I, don't, I didn't know which one to put first, crucify or surrender. They happen about the same time. Fourth, learn where, not how to walk in the Spirit. Now, I have to explain that. Because when we go, learn to walk in the Spirit. Most people are like, what does that mean? How, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And I will tell you this. And this is why I want to break it down for like the eighth grader, the new believer. Where are you walking to? And that will tell you if you're walking in the Spirit or not. Who are you walking with? Look around them. That'll tell you if you're walking in the Spirit or not. Y'all listening? How many know this is a good teaching this morning? Tell somebody next to you because they don't know it. This is order. This is victorious Christian living. You, Pastor Chuck, how do you walk in the Spirit? You, to medicate your loneliness, do you go to Buckhead or Tinder? That's not walking in the Spirit. To medicate your fear, anxiety, is it Jim Beam, Bacardi? What is it? That's not walking in the Spirit. So you're not going to get resurrected. You're going to get further away from where you need to be. But to walk in the Spirit, where you're walking, like come to church, that's walking in the Spirit. Open the Word, that's walking in the Spirit. Look on your playlist and ask one of the pastors, your people group leader, your wife, your Somebody you respect in the Lord. Am I walking in the Spirit? Who, which dog am I fle- feeding right now? Good dog or the bad dog? Y'all out there, this, I know this is so simple and this is so um, rudimentary. But I, I see grown men and women with a Vegas mentality. And it, can a Christian go to Vegas? Yeah. But you better be on guard. I've walked through the, I've never been to Vegas, but I've had layovers there. I get crazy text messages and DMs. I'm not a pope that lives in a monastery. I have to stay on guard. But I'm victorious. And how many Christians just get duped? Walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the cravings of the flesh. How many of you thank God that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same one helping you put one foot in front of the other? Come on, somebody ought to praise the Lord. Glory to his name. And then lastly, um, you know, here's the verse. This is still on number four, sorry. 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners, and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war against your soul. Everybody say abstain. Look what the Greek word right here says. Uh, the Greek word is a, is a word that means to be distant, avoid, a way off. About seven, the Strong's Concordance actually says, stay away about seven miles. If you got a problem with Krispy Kreme, you're going to probably have to leave here and go up 140 and go out toward Canton, catch Alpharetta, and then come back. You know what I'm saying? 
We're not even seven miles away from Krispy Kreme now. So deliver us, Holy Ghost. Amen? But abstain. Kathy, call shoppingcart.com. Don't go to the grocery store, girl. Let somebody, are y'all out there? Let's, let's some, call Pastor Arville. Get Cheryl to place your order. Don't go. And if you don't, that's, I'm not walking the wrong way. I'm walking the right way. And before you know it, you've been feeding the right dog and the, the right dog has scared the wrong dog off the block. And your spirit starts growing. How many of you know, you reach a point where the old temptations don't even tempt you anymore. Amen? I got to close. Last thing is, you need to learn to value covering, mentoring the people over you in the Lord. And if this sounds self-serving, it's not. I got more people to cover than I have time for. But everybody look here. I was blessed just this week, as a matter of fact. A young man in his 30s has a business opportunity. And he scheduled weeks ago a call. He said, I don't even need to meet with him if we can just talk. And he, so we scheduled that call on Thursday and we talked. He told me all about it. I had a question or two. And I said to him, here's what I sense. And I said, first of all, thank you for honoring God's protection and mantle over your life. And, and some of us, we don't, we don't look for counsel or advice. We don't want a paraclete. We want a yes man. We want somebody that always agrees with us. And we don't give the right to say, because everybody look here, up in the balcony. Sometimes my flesh will make me think God's calling me to do something when it's more a desire to satisfy a craving in my flesh or prove that I'm right or better than it is the God, God speaking to me. And I need to go to someone like Pastor Arbel and say, here, and give him the right to say, PC, I don't think that's the Lord. Are y'all out there? I, and this may sound like the old shepherding movement. God forgive us. I'm not talking about that. It may sound like overbearing type of, no, find a friend. You need a friend that is further along than you with the Lord, that you trust, that you can share. Now, don't call my office this week, and we have 86 new business ideas that I've got to give approval or disapproval on. God's put somebody in your life. First, he's put the Holy Spirit in there. Come on, stand with me right now. I want to ask the prayer team to quickly come, elders and staff. Everybody that's on the prayer team. And I know there's others than just the people group leaders. And, and I want to ask in this room, before you leave today, let us pray a prayer, a, a prayer of agreement, just like with Justin. It was one little prayer on a Tuesday afternoon. And God honored it seven days later. And for four months so far, in 20 years, he's gone four months with no meth, no marijuana. And we come into agreement. And so, I just, let's pray together. So, Father, you're, you're bringing things up about 
just coming to understand the war. And I know for many, I don't, we can't make this cute because it's just that. It's an, the struggle is real. It's a, there's a war within. And some of us, it's our childhood, the models, the things that influenced us. Some of it is just we've never been consecrated, haven't come to a place of surrender. And so we got all these systems of thought that wage war against us. And we need prayer that you would lead us. And I just thank you. I just see people's minds right now being renewed. If you need your mind, your heart, your emotions to be at peace, I want you to just lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus. And that no weapon formed against you will prosper. I don't care how great the adversary the intimidation is in Jesus' name. You are free in Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But you got to take care of your flesh, nail it to the cross. If you're here this morning, just while we worship, I want you, if you need prayer, I want you to come quickly. Just step out and let us pray with you. Pray a prayer of agreement, of spiritual freedom. Thank you, Father, in the name you of Jesus. Worthy of it all. Come and receive ministry. Let's drive a stake in the ground. For from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. Jesus. We speak peace, your word, life, breakthrough. Yes, Lord. Come into agreement. Where two or three gather together in my name, there I will be in their midst. Let the word of the Lord be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. If any of you agree on anything, you can ask in my name and it will be done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We surrender to you today, Lord. We crucify our flesh. We recognize those patterns in our life. Deliver us, disciple us. Paraclete, Holy Spirit, come. ready to sing the bridge while these are praying I want us to create just an atmosphere of freedom and breakthrough and deliverance strongholds being broken 
And so I want it, as we sing this day and night, night and day, let worship arise. Let's let, let's create an atmosphere where heaven can come into this room. And as we sing it, you thanking God that you know what it is to walk in the Spirit. How many of you are thankful that some of those old temptations, they used to trip you up all the time. And now, no more. They don't have any mastery over you. Amen? Come on. Day and night, night and day, let it ship While these remain praying and we're going to give them as much time as they need and I just would ask as I dismiss you that you be respectful of just the ministry that's happening right here can we just come into agreement that those have come who have come forward their flesh whatever those temptations those arguments that the enemy has used to hinder them are going to be broken in Jesus name and so as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you all.